Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, we come before you and we just say thank you. We acknowledge tonight that Father Almighty God, without a doubt, there's something that you want to say that eternal rock of ages, you want to ensure is said the way you want it to say. We acknowledge all that you have done and all that you will do. And we ask, Father, tonight that as we come into your presence and we sit before your word, that only as only you can, my Father, as only you can, that you take absolute control, guide us through tonight, speak as you have intended to speak. And we ask that you do so in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we begin tonight, as we go, um, I'll ask you to kindly turn in your Bible to the book of Luke. Um, book of Luke, chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at what is a very popular verse for us at Jesus' house. And I'm sure it's one that you've heard before. And I'm going to read. Um, I'm going to read from Luke 5. And I'm going to start from verse 1. I'll read in the King James Version of the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, and then we'll go from there. I will, I might read from the Amplified later, but I'll start in the King James. And the Bible says the following. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and two ships standing by the lake and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Verse four. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John and the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. When they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Ladies and gentlemen, as we come to tonight, this story is the one that speaks to us in Jesus' house as at the beginning of this year. 
And I'm going to start from verse one, and then we'll pick up some key things that the Lord wants to lay on our hearts. And this is as follows. The first thing it says, the Bible says, and it came to pass that as the people pressed on him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out to them and were washing their nets. The first thing we want to realize, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says, makes a statement and it's this. And the Bible says, and it came to pass. Now, that word in scripture, what you realize, that phrase, that particular phrase is used throughout the Bible. And it's used in the Bible to mark significant events that literally served as turning points for people's lives and God's plan for, the, for us. And this is one of those events. And the Bible says, and it came to pass. That means this event is critical. So what happens next, ladies and gentlemen, is critical. And the Bible says that there were a lot of people and they created a challenge for Jesus, not allowing him to preach, not allowing him to minister. He was so crowded that he had to look for a solution. The Bible says he turns around and he sees two ships standing by the lake. Now, they're not there by accident. We know this. And the fishermen have gone out of them and he steps into one of them, which was Simon Peter's boat. And this is what I want you to remember. Let's keep this in mind. Notice the Bible says, and it came to pass. That means this is an orchestrated event. And if just to back that up before I go on, let's have a look at some of the other examples where we find this phrase. So there are, I mean, when you put it into the search, there are 396 times that it appears. The Bible says the following. And so let's have a look at a couple. The, um, let's have a look at a couple. The first one you find is in Genesis 4, verse 8. And the Bible says, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother. This is the, um, the beginning of the journey. And the Bible says, Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel and his, his brother and slew him. And this was, ladies and gentlemen, the first time that a life was lost in the Bible. You realize it was marked by the phrase, and it came to pass, meaning this particular phrase is indicative of things that are pivotal. I'll give you another example. Genesis 19, verse 29. The Bible, this is where God is, has just spoken to Abraham, and he is literally, he's about, to, he's about to destroy Sodom, and notice Genesis 19, verse 29. And the Bible says, and it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in where in the which that Lot dwelt. So ladies and gentlemen, what you realize is, let's have a look at this in the New Testament. Oh, there's some amazing ones. Um, and so let's have a look. So what you also realize, the, the verse, um, the verse, the phrase, and it came to pass, there are quite a few. So I'll, I'll pick up 
on one. And it's this one. Um, Mark 4.4. 4. Mark 4.4. 4. And, and this is the parable of the sower. And the Bible says, Jesus, while he was telling the story, that he said, behold, there was a sower that went out to sow. And then he says the following. He says, and it came to pass. And so this is really important. So what you begin to realize, ladies and gentlemen, he says, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And then the story continues from there. So let's, let's grab this as we start tonight. At the beginning of this particular passage of scripture, there's a phrase and the Bible says, and it came to pass. So whatever happens next is pivotal. And you'll see that throughout the Bible. When the Bible marks an event with, and it came to pass, we realize that event is pivotal. And so ladies and gentlemen, as we come into this particular season, as we, um, let me get back into the Bible, yes. As we come to this particular season, this word holds sway. And the first thing is written there is, and it came to pass. Ladies and gentlemen, what it says is, that where you and I are, where we are as a church, where we are as a people, is not an accident. It means we are literally on a path that God himself has set out. And so we realize the first thing God says is, and it came to pass. That means what happens next is pivotal. The Bible says, and I'll keep going. The Bible, so I'll go into verse, that's verse one. The Bible says the people pressed on him. And then the Bible says in verse two, he sees two ships. Those fishermen have gone out of them and he chooses one. And it's a pivotal choice. And it is not accidental. And, and the Bible says the following. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And then he asked him, thrust out a little from the land. So let me also say this as we, continue with this particular story, ladies and gentlemen. There's a reason why we're looking at this and, and I'll understand, which is also, I'll, I'll speak about that in a moment. There's a reason why we're looking at this. The next thing we realize is Jesus steps into Simon's boat. Now, the beautiful thing about, I want you to realize about anything that Jesus does. This is, okay, let me pop the scripture. I'm back in Luke five now. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm back in Luke 5. There we go. And so I'm in Luke 5, and I'm in Luke 5, verse 3. Okay, Luke 5, verse 3. And the Bible says, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust a little out from the land. What I want you to realize is that was not an accident. The Bible says, in Psalms 37, reading from verse 23, Psalms 37, and I'll read it in the Amplified Bible. Psalms 37, verse 23, the Bible says the following. The steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord when he delights in his way and he busies himself with every step. So Jesus chooses Peter's boat deliberately. And as we come to the meat of tonight, I want you to realize that you are at this juncture in time 
not by accident. You are here because God has planned for you to be here. Let's go on. And this is where we come to. And I'm now at Luke 5, verse 4. The Bible says the following. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. And he said, he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. This is key. Peter said, by our skill, by our knowledge, and by our practices, We've done everything that we know to do. And this particular time, we got nothing. Jesus is about to introduce a new way of living. And he says, do it at my word. Peter realizes that this is not the time we usually catch fish. Peter also realizes that, you know what, we've had a tough night. The lakes are not giving us anything. But then he makes a statement and he says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will do what you say. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize something. That is key for the new to happen in that we have to start living in the new way that Jesus now presents. He says, I will give you my word and my word will govern your circumstances. And I want you to please hold on to that tonight. As we look at this story, notice the pivotal thing is he said, I've finished teaching the people. He turns to Simon and he says, do it this way. Simon says, I will do what you say. So something has changed on his inside. And I want you to begin to realize, and this is really key. Jesus says, he gives him his word. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as we, as we go through tonight's Bible study, I want you to realize as we step into the new, that is one of the most pivotal things you have to remember, that this is only going to happen by God's word. And so this is something that I want you to realize as before we go into the rest of it tonight, this is key. Now, this is, remember what we said, and it came to pass. That means this is a pivotal Thing. So Jesus is shaping things that, listen, things are different because my word is present, which is the word that the Lord has given you, which is the Bible that you hold in your hands. And this is key. And it's, the, it's your relationship with the word of God primarily. 
that are, is going to get you from where you are into where God wants you to go. And this is something that it, it's really key for tonight because we're coming to a pivotal time of the year. Easter was absolutely amazing. And so all the, all the benefits of Easter are ours. We know that, but this is key. If we don't like Peter and like many others in the Bible that we're going to have a look at, if we do not respond to the word of God, the results God promises will not show up. And notice what Jesus said. He gave him a promise. And I think this is really important. Jesus said, Luke 5 verse 4, he gives Peter a promise. He doesn't give him anything haphazard. He gives him a promise. He says, launch out into the deep. Let me tell you where to go. But then he also says, and let down your nets. Let me tell you what to do. And then he says, for a draft, let me tell you how it's going to work out. The Bible says Peter believes him. How do we know he believes him? He takes an action. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we come into it tonight, this is your season to launch out. That means God is going to, if he hasn't already, give you very specific instructions. He's going to nudge your heart. He's going to cause you to find a burden, a hope, a desperation. He's going to focus you for whatever reason. He's going to get you to focus on his word in this season. And it's when you believe and act upon his word, a change will show up. And the focus is really key. How important is this? And this is something that this is where we were going tonight. And, and to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I am, if I look deeply inside, I'm not surprised we had a challenge tonight. Hear me well. The focus of the enemy is to make sure the word God gives you for your season does not come to pass. So let's have a look at that. It's a very interesting. So come with me now. I'm, and we're going to, this is the focus. This is what we're going to look at tonight. And then coming into the other weeks, we'll look at a bit more. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to please come with me to Mark 4, verse 1, and we'll see a very interesting parallel. I will read from the Amplified Bible. Um, and I'm going to read Mark 4, and I'm going to read from verse 1, and then this is, this, and then we'll, we'll dive into it tonight. And so this is key. The Bible says, again, Jesus began to teach beside the lake. So this is Mark's account of the same story. And the Bible says, Jesus began to teach beside the lake. And a very great crowd gathered about him so that he got into a ship in order to sit in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was on the lakeside on the shore. So pause for a moment. You are now about to hear what Peter heard. And Jesus now lays out many things. And the Bible says, and he taught them many things in parables, illustrations or comparison put beside truths to explain them. And in his teaching, he said to them, and I'm going to keep reading, ladies and gentlemen. He said, give attention to this. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he was sowing, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. 
other seed of the same kind fell on ground of full of rocks where it had not much soil and at once it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. Verse six, and when the sun came up, it was scorched and because it had not taken root, it withered away. Seven other seed of the same kind fell among, fell among thorn plants and the thistles grew and pressed together and utterly choked and suffocated it and it yielded no grain. And other seed of the same kind fell into good, well-adapted soil and brought forth grain growing up and increasing and yielded up to 30 times as much and 60 times as much and even a hundred times as much. And then he said, he who has ears, let him be hearing and let him consider and comprehend. The Bible then goes on to say, as soon as he was alone, those who were around him with the 12 began to ask him about the parables. And he said to them, to you, it has been entrusted the mystery of the kingdom of God, that the, that is the secret counsels of God, which are hidden from the ungodly. But for those outside of our circle, everything becomes a parable in order that they may indeed look, but not see and perceive and may hear and but not grasp and comprehend, less happily they should turn again and it, their willful rejection of the truth should be forgiven them. And he said to them, do you not discern and understand this parable? How then is it possible for you to discern and understand all the parables? Then he makes a statement. Because remember, what he's doing, he's explaining this is how God wants to get something done, and he wants to introduce it to you and I. Then the Bible says, verse 14, the Bible says, the sower sows the word. Now, pause, ladies and gentlemen. This is where I was going. The Bible, Jesus says, this particular parable explains how everything works, and he says, the sower sows the word. When we go back to Luke 5, Jesus now demonstrates this fact with Peter. And he says, Luke 5, verse 4, and I'm reading it now, and I'm going to keep reading Mark 4 in a moment. He says, Luke 5, verse 4, but when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Meaning the pivotal element of you and I walking into the new is the word of God. Not only the word of God that, okay, yes, I've got a Bible and I'm going to read it. And so it's not only the word of God, but it is the word of God presented to us as promises, the word of God presented to us that can shape our daily lives. That means if we take the word of God seriously, we will begin to experience things outside of our circumstances our limitations and our challenges. And we will also definitely experience things that are separate from our history. And so we realize, ladies and gentlemen, pause for a moment, where the Bible says that we are stepping into the new. And we'll look at that. This is what we're talking about. Jesus says, launch out into the deep. It's you living by the word of God. That is, God, that is the first part of us stepping into the new. What happened? The difference between the old and the new was that God had sent his word. And that's what changed Peter's life. That is what changed his world. That completely changed his world. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go back to Mark 4. 
And so we realize the central theme of the new is that God's word comes into our lives. And it is our response to God's word that then will shape whether or not we enter into what God has planned for us and what God has what God has laid out. Now, remember, when God gives you a promise, he opens the door, but he will not force you through it. So, ladies and gentlemen, the key element of the new is the word that God says. So let's see this in action. Um, I, I will use, so let's see whether this be the case. Now we'll use brief examples, but hopefully ones that will make a, a big difference. The first one I want you to look at is this, ladies and gentlemen, because I have no shadow of a doubt that God is leading us into a season where you will be able to live above the circumstances. The circumstances around you will not hold sway over your life. Peter did it. So listen to what Jesus said. And, and, and so let's go, let's go to the book of Isaiah 55 verses 8 to 13. Isaiah 55 verses 8 to 13. And I will read in the King James Version of the Bible. And I'm going to read all the way down to verse 13. And this is key. The Bible says, for my way, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So pause for a moment. Remember what Jesus said to Peter. He said, go fishing outside of the normal times. Go fishing when it's expensive for you because you've already washed your nets. You've already worked all night. You've already packed up. He, so he's saying, go at a time that is unusual. But then he says, go to the deep. Now the deep is where the fish are. The, because of the way the weather in um, Israel was at that particular point in time, because it gets very hot in the daytime, the fish go down to the bottom of the lake where it's cooler. They remain there. In the nighttime, when the sun has gone, the fish rise closer to the surface, both to feed and it's cooler. That's when they are caught by the fishermen. So Jesus says, go into where I want you to go at the toughest time of your life, at the most difficult season. So listen very carefully. The Bible then says in Isaiah 55 verse 8, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. That means the way I have planned it out is not the way you've planned it out. And he says, neither are my ways, your ways, says the Lord. He says, the way I'm going to get it done is not the way you're going to get it done. But there's a bridge between you and I. And then the Lord keeps speaking. Isaiah 55 verse 9. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The Bible then says, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, that means goes, doesn't go back, but watereth the earth. And then the Bible says, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That means water demands a response from the earth or the land. 
in the very same way that the word of God, the word God has given you will demand a response from your circumstances, whether they want to respond to you or not, but they will respond to God. And then the Bible says the following, verse 11, Isaiah 55, verse 11. The Bible says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Then the Bible says, it's in beautiful language, the Bible says the following. The Bible says, for you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So we realize, notice, what's pivotal presented by Isaiah, he said, the difference between success and failure, the bridge between the ways and the abilities of God and your circumstances and your situations, he says, is his word. Now, I want you to realize that, ladies and gentlemen, because you've been given a word. <laughs> you've been given a word. So let me repeat something. The same way water demands a response from the earth or the land, in the very same way, the word of God, believed and spoken by you, will demand a response from your circumstances and your situations and your circumstances and your situations will respond to the one who sent the word the same way the earth has no choice once it gets wet the plants start growing whether you want them to grow or not that's how weeds show up in your garden you may not want them there but all it has to do is rain and all of a sudden seeds that you did not plant will begin to show up in the very same way, ladies and gentlemen, the word of God, when it hits your circumstances, will make a demand on your circumstances that is divine. And your circumstances will respond in the very same way that when Jesus said to Peter, launch out into the deep for a draft for a catch. When he said, launch out into the deep, he said, drop your nets and go to the deep places. Let's go and catch fish. Notice what caught the fish. It was not Peter's skill. Neither was it the circumstances. Neither was it anything else except God had said. And what happened? The fish, the lake, Everything responded out of season to the word of God. And I want you to remember, think about this. The word that has been given to you, ladies and gentlemen, this year is launch out into the deep for a K. 
catch. That means there is a miracle on the other side of you walking in this word. There is a life, a purpose. The new that we have been speaking about is on the other side of the word that Jesus has given us on the other side. So this is key. So the value of the word that was spoken to Peter, and this is what the Lord is driving home to us, that listen, I'm going to get this done by my word. And that's how it works. Okay. Now, <laughs> let's continue. So let, let, let's continue. So I want you to also realize that the focus of the enemy, which is where you, it, you realize how important the word of God is in this season to you. The focus of the enemy in the parable of the sower is not the sower. Neither is it anything else, but the aim of the enemy is to stifle the word, not anything else. That's what they want to stop. So ladies and gentlemen, the difference for us this year this is why I'm going over this, because I, we mustn't forget, we have to walk in this, this year. The new is yours and mine. We must enter. The focus is they want to stop God's word. It, that's their focus. And I'll show you that. And I'll put it in the chat. And then we will go back to Mark 4. And then we will pretty much come to a close for tonight, nearly. So. Please turn in your Bible to the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10. And for those of you that are following along by podcast, thank you very much. It's great to have you here. John 10, verse 10. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. The Bible says the following. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I am come. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. The pivotal essence in that verse is that the kingdom of darkness is out to steal, kill, or destroy something. Jesus says, I've come to give you life. The pivotal thing that Jesus has come to give you is that the word of God, because of him, all of a sudden comes alive. Because of him. And so what we begin to realize is the word is pivotal. It's the focus of the enemy. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask you to kindly, quickly, because of time, can you please turn back in your Bible to Mark chapter 4? And I'm going to pick up from where we left off, if that's okay. Mark chapter four. And I'm going to pick up from where we left off, which was verse 13. Verse 13. And then I'm just going to read the, the journey from verse 13. And so the Bible says, the sower sows the word. So the sower, to get a harvest, the bridge is the word of God, is the word. Then the Bible says, the ones along the path are those who have the word sown in their hearts. But when they hear, Satan comes at once and by force takes away the message which is sown in them. Pause. 
does that not sound like a thief? Remember what John 10, 10 said, the thief only comes to do what? To the first thing is to steal. So the Satan sees that you've been given the word of God. That means your life and your circumstances are out of my control. Your life's about to change. Your season's about to turn. What you're hoping for, what you're asking for is about to come. He says, right, I can't stop you and I can't stop God. So I must take away the bridge between the two of you. And he goes for the word. And so I'm, I'm not going to break into it tonight, but I just want to hold on to it so we can make a point. Let's keep going. Then the Bible says, and in the same way, the ones sown upon stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, so the word is the focus, at once receive and accept it with joy. And they have no real root in themselves. So they endure for a little while. Then when trouble or persecution arise on account of the word, they immediately are offended, become displeased, indignant, resentful, and they stumble and fall away. Pause. Notice the focus. The focus of the attacks of the enemy are focused on the word. They come because of the word. So ladies and gentlemen, when you are carrying the word of God and trouble comes, lift your head up high and rejoice. Why? It says that what you have is real. And they only come because they've got to stop the word. So it's not that they hate you. It's not that they're out to tear you apart. The word is their focus. So ladies and gentlemen, please realize the only opinion about you that matters is what God says. Everything else can be changed. But what God says about you, that's eternal. And so we realize, ladies and gentlemen, when the second part comes, the Bible says that trouble and persecution come, they're after the word. They're trying to stop the word coming to pass. And so this is key. So let's keep going. Preachers material, but let's see whether we get to the, when we get to the end. Verse 18, and the ones sown among the thorns are others who hear the word. And then the cares and anxieties of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desires for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. Pause. Three attacks. As listed in John 10.10, 10, the first thing that Satan comes to do is try and steal. The second thing he comes to do is to kill. And notice the only way he can kill the word is with another word. And so please keep this in mind. I'll only mention this and then I'll go on. Proverbs 18, 21. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof meaning satan's number one way of stopping you getting what god wants you to have is to cause you to start to say excuse me the opposite because the only thing that can stop the word is a word and this is key so what does he try and do he brings trouble and persecution to try and make you say 
something that is not true. And we're going to have, okay, let me just get to the, I've got to, I've just got to stay in a straight line. So keep that in mind. Then the last one, what does it look like? The Bible says that the word is choked. You see, destruction is very interesting. Destruction doesn't mean something is completely wiped out. But something is destroyed when it is no longer functional. And so how does the devil do that? He distracts. He brings in alternatives. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what did I want to bring to you tonight? And I want you to hold on to this. We will definitely expand on this after the bank holiday because we're not going to have a, a, a Bible study on the bank holiday. We'll have one afterwards. But keep this in mind. The Bible says, what turned Peter's seasons? The word of God. The word of God now comes and Peter then responds to the word of God and his circumstances change immeasurably. But notice, this is the last thing I want to say from Mark chapter four, then we'll go back and conclude. Please come with me to Mark chapter four, verse 20. And the Bible says, and those sown on the good, well-adapted soil are the ones who hear the word and receive and accept and welcome it and bear fruit, some 30 times as much as was sown, some 60 times as much as was sown, and some even a hundred times as much. So ladies and gentlemen, the difference in our circumstances comes when we accept, receive the word of God. How do we know we have received the word of God, that we've got it into our hearts? How do we know that we've got it into our heads and our hearts? We begin to speak it. The Bible says, Notice what um, Peter says, and I'm going to go back to him now. So I'm going to go to Luke 5. How do we know when we have received the word of God? And this is where we'll go. So come with me to Luke 5, verse 5. And the Bible says the following. Remember, the focus is the word. And Simon answering said unto him. Now, Simon Peter is responding to Jesus. He says, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. So pause for a moment. There's nothing wrong with telling God about your circumstances. It's not a lack of faith. Notice, he said, Master, let me just give you the details. We've toiled all night. We've tried. We've caught nothing. That didn't stop anything. But notice Luke 5 verse 5. But notice then he says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Meaning you can tell God your circumstances and he's okay with that. But as long as you end it in belief in that, Lord, I believe you. And based upon what you've said, this is what I'm going to do. And the Bible records that from verse six, how do we know that Simon Peter had received the word of God? He took an action. What did he do? 
he let down the net. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm speaking to someone right now. And notice the Bible says the following. And when they had this done, this I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible, Luke 5, verse 6. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break, meaning the blessings were so large, they almost couldn't contain it. Why? The What happened to the lake? The lake responded to the word of God in that there has to be a major catch. And the fish, rather than the net looking for the fish, the fish came straight to the net because Jesus has said so. Let me say this over somebody's circumstances, and this is where we're going to wrap it up tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And it's this. When Jesus told Peter, launch out into the deep, he actually wasn't pointing him to nothing. He said, you go where I've sent you. My word will do the rest. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize as we come through this year, hold on to the word that we have received. Whatever the Lord tells you, whatever he's asked you to do, hold on to his word, especially where he has wrapped it in a promise. Where he says, on my expense, I will do this how do you and so this is really key and so what i want you to hold on to as, as, as we begin as we wrap up tonight is this take the promises of god read them for yourself study them for yourself think about them meditate on them for yourself they don't have doesn't have to be much just take the word of god then the bible says or then the next thing is let the word of God begin to come out of your mouth that these are my circumstances. Yes, but based upon the word of God, this is what I will do. The word of God will win out over your circumstances. That means although Jesus is pointing you to a very interesting place, he may be pointing you back to where you may have failed, slipped up or had a challenge. He might be asking you to do something challenging. He might be asking you to do something that may even scare you. Hear me well. He's saying, although I'm pointing you there, I've already gone before you. My word will get it done. Let's close this out, ladies and gentlemen, with one scripture I would love you to hold on to. As we, and remember, we're going to go back to, we're going to stay with this verse for, for a few weeks. These chapters are for a few weeks. But the key element tonight is the bridge between you and the new is the word of God. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to pause. Up. I'm, I'm going to stop there. And the reason I want to stop is I want to join with somebody in prayer. The Bible says in Mark 11, verse 12, no, no, Matthew 11, verse 12, that the kingdom of heaven from the time of John the Baptist until now 
the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent taketh it by force. Tonight, I'm going to join my faith with someone tonight. I know this tonight, I'm sure. Someone, you may not be on the call. You may be listening to this on the podcast, but I join my faith with yours. And I join my faith with yours that the Lord will cause the promise you are holding on to to begin to make happen what God has made clear in his word, whether that be healing, whether that be prosperity, whether that be guidance, whether that be a fresh start, whether that be the opportunity to do it again. The Lord is speaking to someone and he's saying the new is about to happen, but my word is going to get it done. In all sincerity, as we walk and obey him, we almost are just along for the ride. And I join my faith with somebody who really needs a miracle. And I pray tonight that wherever you are, may God's word come to you in abundance. May the word of God cause your circumstances to yield to the will of the almighty God. May God's healing attend your way. May God's prosperity, may God's guidance, may God's courage, may God's strength, may God's ability fill you, fill you and where you are so that what God has said becomes a reality in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, may God bless you and may God keep you. I join my faith with you and I honestly believe that there will be a miracle. Next week is um, Bank Holiday Monday in the United Kingdom, so we won't have a Bible study. Please go ahead and have some great family time. Have some time with um, families, children, friends, or whatever you want to do. Spend, have some great time, but we'll be back after the Bank Holiday, and that is on the 9th. That's on Monday the 9th. May God keep you and may God bless you. May God surround, cause his face to shine upon you. May God give you peace. May this be a remarkable week for you, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you in all ways and in all things. Have a wonderful night. God bless you. 